This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. You know, when I was reading the script for the first time of episode 5, I was just like a, a, a giddy little boy. I was like, oh, I'm going to get to do all this awesome action. And, you know, I couldn't sit down. I was pacing around the room just reading the script. I remember put it down halfway through and I messaged Dave and I was just thanking him profusely. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to another episode of the Dagobah Dispatch, and we have taken the show on the road this week. We will be recording from the World Between Worlds, and joining us there will be none other than Anakin Skywalker himself, Hayden Christensen. Yes, the Star Wars luminary is back on the show, and we are happy to have him. We'll talk all about his appearances on Ahsoka, what it's like to be back in Star Wars in a big way how it's different for him now than the prequels and much, much more. Star Wars royalty coming up right here on the Dagobah Dispatch. I am Dalton Ross, joined as always by Devin Kogan. What's going on, Devin? Hello, hello. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm super excited to have Hayden Christensen. That's so exciting. It is exciting. And I'll just tell you, I'm excited as well, not just to have Hayden on, but you know, we weren't able to do some interviews for a while, as everyone knows, uh, actor's strike, writer's strike, all this stuff going on, but we're, we're getting back in the swing, back in the groove. Devin spoke to Dave Filoni a few weeks ago. If you missed that episode, you should check that out. We got Hayden coming up this week. We got some other stars of Ahsoka that are going to join us uh, pretty soon. And we also next week are going to have one of the directors of a, a Disturbance in the Force, Jeremy Kuhn. That is a a documentary, Devin, on the Star Wars Holiday Special, which I think was made just for me. I don't even know if they're showing it to anyone else. It's just maybe made for me. I am so excited for this. I mean, it's, I, look, tis the season. It's December. We got to, I was actually thinking about doing a rewatch of the Holiday Special just to really get in the festive spirit this year, really, really celebrate Life Day. Have you ever tried to watch the Holiday Special with someone else? Just to, no. just, just to see like how far they beg, oh yeah, this sounds funny, this sounds hilarious. And then just having them having no idea how super boring large swaths of that movie is. And then just like watching them and seeing when they start to break, like are they reaching for their phone? Are they like, ah, do we really need to watch all this? Because it's long. Yeah. It's yeah. way longer than it needs to be. I think somebody needs to make to put together a cut that's like, I don't know, like 15 minutes long, just the the, the highlights. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't even know what would be in the highlights, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, it's listen, it's a, it's a great documentary on that terrible film, uh, A Disturbance in the Force. And we'll have one of the directors on next week. Something to look forward to. As we talk about some housekeeping before we get to Hayden, um, want to mention that uh, holiday schedule. Like I mentioned, we're going to have uh, an episode next week. So you'll get to check that out. Then we will be off for two weeks around the holidays. So just want to let you guys know that. But then when we come back, as I mentioned, we have some very cool interviews for you. Maybe Rosario Dawson is showing up, maybe some other folks. So 
we've got some some really great great uh, shows coming your way in early 2024. We uh, have a lot of really cool stuff banked, so I am yeah. I'm very excited for you all you guys all to k- k- to listen to it. Uh, and let's talk about ways you, you can connect with us. Uh, as we mentioned, you can always hit us on social media. Devin and I are on all those platforms. You can find us there. You can also hit us on Spotify. If you listen to the podcast on Spotify, we put a poll up there every episode and you can go vote. And last week's episode, if you missed it, I ranked the top 10 Star Wars books ever, at least as I saw them. And so we put the question out, how many Star Wars books have you read? And the options, Devin, were zero. Uh, 1 to 5, 6 to 10, 11 to 20, or don't ask. Uh, I'm in the don't ask (laughs) category myself. And uh, the winner was 1 to 5. 33% have read 1 to 5. Then it jumps up 11 to 20 and don't ask. Both had 22% and then 0 and 6 to 10 at the the bottom. So it seems like the majority of our audience... um, well, at least, well, not the majority, but you know, the 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 winner was people that have read, you know, read a few books, but not too many, which is great because then I hopefully just gave them some suggestions. That's the category I fall into. I'm yeah. in the I'm in the one to five section. So, um, but I think after you gave that really good list, it might quickly that that number might soon be creeping up. We'll see. Unless people are mad with the uh, terrible suggestions I gave. All right. <laughs> um, we also encourage you to give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Get on the show. You can be part of the show. All you got to do is call 657-799-1566. That's 657-799-1566. You can leave us thoughts, concerns, questions. Uh, you can start start debates and discussions, whatever you want. Give us a call and let us know, and uh, we'll play your voicemail right here on the air. And we do have some voicemails this week that we're going to listen to. Sammy, why don't you tell us what we got uh, coming up here first? Our first voicemail is from our buddy Nick from Jersey, who it seems is uh, forming a little bit of a gripe with us this week. Oh, no. (laughs) Hi, it's Nick from Jersey again. I just want to know, how come when you guys put up a survey that asks whether Lauren should buy more stuff when clearly she has a problem, the answer is yes. But when you ask if Devin should buy stuff, who clearly is in control of her spending habits, the answers are resounding, eh, maybe Come on, that's just not fair. And I am not saying this just because if Devin buys Lauren a robe, I could steal it and lay around the house and pretend that I'm on the halcyon. That is not my motivation at all. Thank you. All right. So uh, Lauren Morgan's uh, husband, Nick, uh, chiming in again. I just want to say, I don't know, Devin, you might have to take this one on the chin because I voted no for Lauren getting more stuff and I voted yes for Devin getting more. I said Devin should have the life day robe. So I'm in the clear. My hands are clean. No blood on these hands. It's all on you, Devin. Look, I think everyone needs a life day robe. I think that's that's a that's an expense. I think I'm going to to I might have to pull the trigger on. Maybe that's what I'll ask for for Christmas. I'll just be like when when my dad's like, what do you want for Christmas? I'll be like, so go to shop Disney. They're forty nine ninety nine. I want a life day robe so that I can walk around my apartment pretending that I'm Chewbacca. Listen, by the time this comes out, there's probably already one in the Morgan household, right? Like Lauren's probably ordered one on Shop Disney. Lauren has, uh, I think she has text alerts set up for like when new merchandise drops on on Shop Disney. She is is fully in in, in the trenches over there. I love that like I'm more upset than Lauren is. 
They, 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 don't, they don't seem to, from what I understand, have any sort of loyalty program at Shop Disney. Like, I'm upset on her behalf that she's not at least getting like 5% off for all the money she spends there. Um, and she's like, meh. You got to, you know, you, you Shop Disney, you got to get on it. Although I think if you're like a Disney Plus subscriber, I think you get like, I don't know if it's a discount or like an access to something. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I have been looking at a lot of the... Um, shop Disney merch. I will say I, when I went, I went to Disneyland, um, a couple weeks ago with my friends and they had all their Christmas ornaments out. And, um, I don't think I've brought this up on the podcast yet, but one of my favorite ones that they had for sale was the most, it was a Christmas ornament that was the Mustafar battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin. And I was like, you know, nothing says Christmas spirit, like <laughs> chopping off your, your best friend's limbs and leaving him <laughs> charred on the, in the ruins of the lava planet. So I was very tempted. I didn't buy it at Disneyland but I did go on shop Disney and I was like, Ooh, maybe I, maybe I do pull the trigger. And, and cause I feel like that's the kind of Christmas spirit. I think your, your holiday tree needs. Well, let me ask you, I have so many questions about the <laughs> Mustafar Christmas ornament. Like we may not what get was the to- pitch process. They were like, okay, we need a we need a star Wars Christmas ornament. And somebody's like, I know the perfect moment. Not one of the like, feel good, the happy moments. No, the lightsaber battle on Mustafar. That moment where the guy gets three limbs chopped off and then burns, <laughs> like his entire body is on fire. Can we get that in Christmas form? So Devin, are they, cause here's what, here's what I originally was thinking when he said Mustafar. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. If the the if it's two separate ornaments and they're each on those stupid little platforms in the lava, and then you could hang them on different branches, and then you could put Obi Wan a little higher because he has the higher ground. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity. Okay, Disney, call us. We have ideas for Star Wars Christmas ornaments. No, but it's like one ornament, and it's like them crossing lightsabers, um, and it's like there's this like huge. It's almost like a clamshell of like this giant um, like red wave of lava kind of cresting over them. It's very intense, and nothing about it says Christmas. And so I, I'm dying to know who greenlit that how is it selling i posted it on my instagram story and like nine people i know all replied to me and were like i want this i need this for Mm. my tree so i don't know maybe it's a it's a sleeper hit i so i have four star wars ornaments like i don't like i let the kids put their ornaments on the tree i don't put a lot of my ornaments on the tree because i still have ones from when i was growing up i have a few that i that i put on and four of them are star wars i have a, a queen amidala I have an Obi-Wan, I have a Stormtrooper, and then I have a Darth Vader that you plug into one of like the little like light thingies. You take the light bulb out and you plug it in and, and he talks and says impressive, most impressive, and it's kind of fun. Um, but that's all I have, which I feel for me, that's that's from pretty good restraint to only have four Star Wars ornaments on my tree. Yeah, I think I have the same. I um I still, you know, I go home for the holidays and and we still decorate a tree with my with my parents or with my dad and my brothers. And um so it's fun to we have a couple we have an we have a um an R2D2, I think we have a Darth Vader and I think we we have a Yoda, not baby Yoda, regular Yoda. Um, but I think, I think we need, we need some more. You can, can you never have enough? No. Well, my wife would say yes. Uh, (laughs) all right. Poor Sammy is sitting here waiting for us to shut up so they can tell us about our, our other voicemail we have this week. What do we got, Sammy? Our, uh, second voicemail is from new caller, Steve, who it sounds like if he did vote in the poll, in the Spotify poll, he would have chosen, uh, don't ask. Hi, my name's Steve from Green Bay. Uh, first time caller, uh, just finally caught up on all of the podcasts, uh, all the past ones. So, um, 
thought I'd give a call in. I was pretty excited when I heard about this week's um, theme of favorite books. I've read an awful lot of the Legends series. I got pretty salty back in 2014 when they announced that those were no longer canon. So I really haven't read a lot of, the, very much of any, any of the new stuff. So I do appreciate, Dalton, that you included a few of the new books in there. But, um, yeah, when you first announced this, I've taken a look at my library of books and um, reviewing those titles, and I thought your list was really good. You did mention that you had not seen um, or not read the New Jedi Order stuff, and I I know I understand that's a long, long series with over 20 books on that story arc. The opening book in that one, uh, Vector Prime, I thought that did a really nice job of setting up that story arc. Something else that don't you'd probably appreciate, they actually killed off a prime character in there and did not bring them back to life, at least not in the um, Legacy universe. One other series I enjoyed was the Legacy of the Jedi, which came out after um, New Jedi Order. That was a nine-book series. That was a very dark series. Um, that wrapped up with the book Invincible, which I thought they did a really nice job of wrapping that all up. So um, those were a couple of other books that I enjoyed over the time. Um, as a whole, uh, really do appreciate the work that all of you guys have done on the podcast. I enjoy listening to it. Hope to get to hear it a lot uh, for a long time to come. Bye for now. Steve, go Pack Go. Uh, and to be clear, Devin and I do no work on the podcast. Sammy does the work. We just show up and just like <laughs> flap our gums for a little bit. Uh, Sammy is the MVP. That's exactly right. Yeah. So um, uh, this is what I wanted. I was hoping people would call and make their suggestions for books and re react. So I love love that he did. I encourage everyone else to do the same at, at our voicemail number, 657-799-1566. New Jedi Order. I'll get there at some point, Devin. It's a lot of books. Legacy of the Jedi, he mentioned too. That's an interesting series. It kind of focuses on um, masters and their Padawans. So you get all these different stories of the master Padawan sort of relationship in these different duos. So um, so pretty cool stuff there as well. I love that. And it really just speaks to like the sheer breadth and number of these books there is. And like I, it, it everybody has their favorite, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, so before we get to Hayden, we are going to get to Hayden. Uh, I just want to, a little bit of Star Wars news, especially since we're talking books, because there was an announcement on StarWars.com over the past week that uh, there's a new Star Wars book coming out. It's called Star Wars colon The Glass Abyss. Uh, it's coming out August 6th, and it's from Stephen Barnes. And before I get into this book, I will tell you that Stephen uh, Barnes wrote uh, a now Star Wars Legends title called The Cestus Deception, which is an interesting one, Devin. It's surprising that both of us have not read this one because uh, it stars, among other people, Kit Fisto. Our favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 out of 10. Number one fans of Kit Fisto right here on this podcast. Yeah. There's a lot of Kit Fisto in that book. There's Asajj Ventress. Uh, there's Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi. So it, it's... Um, it's a book that I've had on my list to get to. It didn't necessarily have the best reviews. So I, you know, I do try and crowdsource my selections when I read these sometimes. So I, I hadn't gotten to it yet, but I do, I do want to read that book, Cestus Deception, eventually get there. Anyway, he has a new book, The Glass Abyss, and it's a Mace Windu book. So Ooh. this is kind of interesting. Uh, they said it's basically set after the death of Qui-Gon at the hands of Darth Maul. A saddened Mace Windu finds himself thrust into an adventure upon receiving a posthumous message from Jin. Uh, so there you go. You got some Mace Windu in there. I'm looking at, here's part of the official description of the book. I'll just read you this one 
one graph here. Um, let's see. Intent on fulfilling Qui-Gon's final wishes, Mace travels to Metagos and infiltrates the enemies of the Saad. But as the Jedi Master investigates the intricate web of adversaries and allies, Mace finds himself pushed to the boundaries of the Jedi Code. Isn't he always? Challenging his beliefs and his relationship to the Force itself. So he gets this final message from Qui-Gon. It was marked to be delivered to him on the event of his death. And it contains a last request to help uh, this outer rim planet of Metagos. So Mace goes there. Uh, thoughts on a new Mace Windu book here, Devin? Oh, I love this. Mace is one of my favorite characters. And he's one of the characters that I feel like lends himself well to spinoffs and backstory and, you know, kind of, you know, other other stories outside what we've seen on screen. So this sounds 100% up my alley. And I'll just mention, uh, again, I swear I'm about to stop talking about Star Wars books. But if if you do want a Mace Windu book, the best one is Shatterpoint. I reread it just recently, a few months ago. Um, it's a Clone Wars novel. Uh, and he, uh, I won't say anything else about it, but if you want a Mace Windu book, that's a great one to get as you wait for this one to come out. Also, I will just sort of tell you, as we mentioned on this podcast a few weeks ago, there's a new Mace Windu comic coming out February 7th, written by our friend and former co-worker at Entertainment Weekly, Mark Bernardin. He's been a guest on the podcast. We'll have Mark back on in, uh, in January or February to talk about that as well. I am very excited about that. That I am a huge fan of Mark's work, both at EW and all the cool stuff he's done since. And so I'm really, really excited for that. Yeah, cannot wait. Okay, I know that you are sick of waiting. So uh, it's time our chat with Darth Vader himself. Hayden Christensen is coming up right after this quick break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So uh, a lot I obviously want to talk to you about. It's been a while. A lot's happened since we last spoke. Um, so when you first signed on to come back for uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, did you know then that you'd also be appearing on Ahsoka? Was this like a package deal? No, I, I did not. Um, I had heard about the Ahsoka project, uh, but but there was, there was no mention of my involvement when we were doing the Obi-Wan show. And it wasn't really until we wrapped on that. Um, that I got a, a really nice phone call from uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau, sort of uh, inviting me into the fold. What, what was your reaction to that call? And they sort of explained what they wanted you to do and everything. Oh, I was thrilled. I mean, you know, any opportunity to, to get to do more with this character uh, is, is thoroughly exciting for me. Um, and to, to get to, you know, work with Dave Filoni and, um, and, and sort of follow his lead was was just a real privilege. Uh, you know, he 
he knows this character so well and just the way he had sort of conceived of, of incorporating him into this story, I thought was just so smart and um, just, just a very sort of compelling take on the character. And uh, it, it was all just really, really thrilling. So, so tell me about your take on the Anakin we see here in the world between worlds. Cause I was, I was thinking about it, man, you, you play a lot of different shades of this character in a pretty compact period of time. It's a lot to sort of every, I feel like almost every scene you're doing, it's a different character in a way, you know, different degrees of the character, at least tell me about your take on him and how you sort of, you know, were able to take hold of this. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I really just wanted to bring to life what was on the page. Uh, you know, what, what Dave wrote was um, just so exciting. You know, I was getting to play uh, versions of this character that I hadn't done before. And, um, you know, when we meet Anakin in, in the world between worlds, it, it's, it's sort of me getting to play the, I guess like the totality of of kind of Anakin and Darth Vader, you know, there's just an understanding of of everything that he's been through and um and getting to to do that and then and then you know when we go back to the the Clone Wars flashback um that was just awesome, <laughs> you know. Uh that was a version of the character that that you know, I I I was aware of like when we were doing the prequels, when we went to go do episode three, George spoke a lot about, you know, what had happened in between episode two and episode three. And, um, and of course that was sort of, you know, what, what Dave Filoni spent a lot of time exploring in, in the animated world. Um, but you know, I never really got to, to play that. Uh, and I remember when George was describing, you know, Anakin during the clone wars as being this great hero and, and a great leader, um, you, you know, I thought, wow, that's, that's really cool. I, you know, I, I wish we could see a little bit of that. And, and of course we do a little bit, I think sort of beginning of episode three, you get sort of a taste of it, but, but then very quickly he becomes consumed with, with all of the sort of uh, the, the inner conflict again. Um, and then when I went and was preparing for Obi-Wan, I went and I watched the clone wars and, and I got to see that version of Anakin and I was, I was, you know, very taken with it. I thought, man, that would, that would be really exciting to get to do that in live action. Uh, and so when, when Dave told me that we were going to get to do that, it was, it was a real gift. And, and I was, I was just, you know, felt very privileged to, to get to do it. It's, it's so interesting because I remember asking you before Obi-Wan, I was like, did you go back and watch the films? And you're like, yeah, I watched all the films. I also watched all of Rebels and and uh, Clone Wars. And I was like, wow, this guy really did his homework. Kind of not realizing the time you had this coming up, which really makes sense to rewatch that stuff. And and it's funny because, Hayden, I, I was, this is the thing I've really been wrapping my head around. I've been talking with other people about what's so fascinating about your appearance here to me is that you first bring this character of Anakin in this sort of Clone Wars era time period to life on screen, right? Then Matt Lanner takes it over for Clone Wars, right? basing a lot of what he does on what you did. And now you come back and you're playing a character you started with, but now Matt's added his sort of shades 
So how did you approach that, especially in terms of, you know, Anakin's relationship to Ahsoka, which was a big thing on that series, something you had no experience with. How much did you try and incorporate what Matt did there into like your new interpretation of your original character? Yeah, there's, there's definitely something uh, sort of meta going on there or something. Um, I'm, I'm playing a character that I, I played 20 years ago. And so obviously there, there's a need for continuity, but this is you know also a time in, in his life that we haven't seen in live action. So there's a little bit of freedom there. But of course, it, it's very well described in, in the animated you know, work that, that Dave did with, with Matt Lanter. And, and, you know, I don't know how much it, it, it informed the decisions I was making, but certainly I watched a lot of it. So probably through some version of osmosis or something, I, you know, I took some of that, but it was just sort of an interesting exercise in my craft of, of going back and really getting to, you know, um, I mean, like I wasn't, I wasn't wanting to do an impersonation of, you know, the work that I had done before, um, but I wanted to sort of approach it from the same place. Of course, I'm, you know, a little older now. And, and, and so you, you have, you know, uh, a, a different, different sort of take on things, but, um, but my approach was very much the same. And, and I loved what they, what they presented in the Clone Wars and in, in, in the animated show. Um, so, you know, I, I was excited to get to, to bring that to live action. And then, of course, you know, establishing the dynamic between Anakin and Ahsoka was was uh, the stakes were high because, you know, there were a lot of people that were already invested in that relationship. And and this was the first time that we were um, getting to see it in live action. It, it's also the first time we've seen you play Anakin as a master. We've like we've only seen you play him as sort of, you know, the, the Padawan or the sort of, you know, having Obi-Wan sort of as the older brother, but now you are, it's, that must've been fun for you to take that yeah. side of it. Yeah, I love getting to do that. It's a side of Anakin that is is just very compelling. He's very confident and and, and I think he is a, a, a good teacher to Ahsoka. And he really, and, and you see that he, he really does care about her. You know, it was important for us to get that, that across too. Uh, Rosario and I go go back. We we met each other when we were both teenagers, so so there is a sort of a natural kind of uh, rapport there, and um, and just so cool to get to do this with her, and then and then with with Ariana too when we were doing you know the stuff with Young Ahsoka. I mean, she was phenomenal. Couldn't have cast the role better. Uh, so it, it was all just sort of set up for us to win and 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 that was that was a great feeling and i just love how how dave conceived it and guided us through it and and, and the end result i was i was very happy with i, I really loved how it came out yeah anyone i've ever talked to that's like either been a scene partner of yours in star wars or a director or anything has always talked about your lightsaber prowess that's what they always love like they're just like talking about so <laughs> How was it getting, you talked a little bit about working with Rosario and Ariana. How was it getting to mix it up with them with, with the lightsaber battles? And how did that compare to sort of uh, your stuff with you? And I mean, any, any chance I get to swing a lightsaber uh, <laughs> is an awesome opportunity. And, you know, when I was reading the script for the first time of episode five, I was just, I was like a, a, a giddy little boy. I was like, oh, I'm going to get to to do all this awesome action. And, you know, I couldn't sit down. I was pacing around the room just reading the script. I 
remember I put it down halfway through and I messaged Dave and I was just thanking him profusely. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun to get to do the lightsaber stuff. And it's some of my favorite stuff. Um, and there's a lot of training that goes into that. And so you, you spend a decent amount of time with your scene partner and learning the fights and, and, and it's a, a really, you know, um, important process, you know, not just to, to being able to do the fights, but to just developing a rapport with, with the person that you're working with. Um, because you're, you know, you're swinging a lightsaber at them. And there, so there's, 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 a um, there's an element of trust that needs to get established and, and, and you, you develop a rhythm and you, and you, you find your timing. Um, so it's all, you know, really helpful. I mean, you, you definitely have some ownership of this character, obviously. So were there ever times with Dave Filoni or with Deborah Chow on Obi-Wan Kenobi where something didn't track for you and you wanted to sort of talk it out with them? And how did that sort of work? I know Deborah came to you early to get you on board with the show and told you like sort of the vision, but how do those sort of collaborative discussions go? Um, honestly, I, I, I was always following their lead. Um, you know, uh, both of them are, 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 are such, you know, uh, smart storytellers. Uh, they really know what they're doing. Um, and, and on this one, working with Dave Filoni, you know, it was, it was such, um, such an inspiring experience, you know, because he knows it so well, he knows the world so well, and it's all from his time spent with George Lucas. Um, and, and you get a sense of that, you know, it, it, it felt like there was this, um, sort of proverbial torch that had been passed down. And, um, and, and so every day on set with Dave was, was, was really exciting and, and it was inspiring, not just for me, but for, for everyone, you can see the effect that he has on, on the rest of the cast and the crew. And, um, and that's a big deal. You know, that, that counts for a lot. What was it like sort of doing these two Star Wars projects without George there? You know what I mean? Like this is the first time for you sort of getting up in the, in the garb <laughs> and doing it all. And then he's not, he's not over your shoulder this time. Yeah. I, you know, um, at first I felt like I was cheating on him a little bit, but, but, uh, but no, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's a different time for star Wars now. And, um, and, and, and I, and I think it's, you know, really exciting that, that we now have this period where, where, where there are other storytellers coming in and, and sort of giving, you know, their take on, on the universe and, um, but uh, but you know of course it all it all goes back to the maker and 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 George Lucas is 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 very much and sort of the front of everyone's mind when when we're making a decision and um, you know we we want to make stuff that that he would be happy with for sure. Did you at least know this time that you were going to be a Force ghost at the end of Ahsoka as opposed to Return of the Jedi? They're going to put you in at the end there. Yes, they told me this time. <laughs> And I got to, to know what I was shooting when I was shooting it. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when I saw it. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, how's it, Hayden, how's it different being part of this massive pop culture juggernaut in your 40s as opposed to being a teenager when you first signed on? Like, how has your perspective in that regard changed with time and age? Because you're at two very different places. And you've talked about that in terms of your performance. Uh, but just in terms of just the overall deal, how's it different? You know, it, it, it's 
every every day you get to go work on a star wars project it's 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 really thrilling and that's never lost on me when i was doing the prequels you know every day i was there i, I was i was very aware of how fortunate i was and the same is true now um you know i think as i've gotten a bit older i i have perhaps a a, a greater appreciation and, and more of an awareness of sort of the the impact of these stories and um and you know what they mean to so many people uh, and so that if anything sort of elevates the stakes even more um but honestly every time i've, I've gotten to, to swing a lightsaber um it, it's it's been a good day uh what's it like to go back and watch yourself from 20 years ago in those films to see young <laughs> hayden see little hayden with his little pony padawan ponytail yeah you know I've, I've i've done it a few times now in preparation for for these last couple of projects and um you know it, it's it's certainly a uh a heavy dose of nostalgia and, and you're sort of transported back to that time in your life when you were, when we were making those films. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I, I, I look back fondly on, on, on those films and, and the work that we did. And, um, you know, it, it, anytime I watch a performance of mine, there's always, you know, it's hard not to be self-critical and, and, you know, oh, I wish I'd made this decision or versus that decision. And, that, you know, that's always going to be the case. Um, but, but those films have aged well, in my opinion. And, and um, I'm very proud, proud of those films. Uh, so it, it's, it's just been really nice to get to come back and, and do more with the character that, that has meant so much to me um, and, and that I really care about and, and that has, had such a, a significant impact on, on my life. Uh, you know, we're never satisfied, right? Like as the fan base, we always want, well, all we care about is we want more. We want more. So like, even after the Obi-Wan series you did, I mean, there's still almost a decade of unfilled blanks there before A New Hope. So like, are, are you open to filling those blanks in? Playing the Dark Lord of the Sith again, you know, sticking around. Oh, I, I would, I would love to get to to do more, and I'd love to get to continue with Star Wars. Um, and we'll see. You know, I, I don't know what, what the future holds, um, and, and if if such an opportunity, you know, presents itself, I'll I'll, I'll be there. You know, um, uh, with with a big smile on my face. Um, and if it doesn't, you know, I, I feel. I feel really grateful for getting to come back and, and getting to do the work that I did in, in both Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. Uh, last thing before I let you go, I, uh, anyone that's watched, you know, Life is a House or Shattered Glass, which I've told you, I, I love your performance in that film. They knows how, they all know how powerful you can be even when you're not playing a future Sith Lord. So like, what's your interest level in sort of terms of taking on some of those non-Star Wars projects? And what do you want to look, hopefully be doing outside of this world? Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely sort of uh, reignited a, a spark in me to 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 want to work more and um and and prior to coming back to Obi Wan, I'd sort of taken a, a long break from acting, um, but now I'm in a place where where I you know I I'm reading a lot and um and and if I can find you know a project that I'm, I'm passionate about then, then you know. Uh, that's that's definitely the aim, um, but we'll see.
That's awesome, man. Hayden, it's always great to catch up with you. I, lo I just love getting your take on the character and this world and uh, love seeing the reaction to your return. And I'm, I'm, I am hope you've, you've been enjoying too the, the fan reaction to having you back in the fold. It's been awesome, man. I, I appreciate that very much. Yeah, it's been, it's been a real pleasure. Our thanks to Hayden Christensen for joining us this week and our thanks to you for doing the same. We will also thank you if you could please subscribe to the podcast and rate the podcast and write us an absolutely glowing review. Also, leave us a voicemail message about anything you want. Just call us, say what you got to say. You can do it at 657-799-1566 and you can be part of the show. You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Cody. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Kogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.